retro anime. How did we find it? How does it hold up? Unpacking the ins and outs of being an old school nerd, and proving that 80s kids can't remember a damn thing right. These are the mindless midlife musings of the anime nerd. Welcome to Mindless Midlife Musings of the Anime Nerd. I'm Rick, and I'm joined by the rest of our panel, Vic, Brian, and Lynette. How's everybody doing today? I'm so hey, proud. Everybody. You're proud? I'm, I'm proud. Like, like I don't get into the mood, but then we uh, see you switching to your voice. <laughs> like, uh, Turn on announcer, announcer mode, and then it's like, yes, we're ready to record. Let's do this shit. <laughs> Well, get ready, because it's panic in the streets as the killer robots are coming. In this episode, we're talking about the sci-fi cyberpunk murder bot story, Black Magic M66. Black Magic M66 is a 1987... Mario 66. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It's a 1987 anime uh, based on a manga written and illustrated by Masamune Shiro of Ghost in the Shell fame. It was directed by Hiroyuki uh, Kitakubo and produced by AIC and Animate. Now, this was released in the United States uh, by U.S. Renditions around 1991, mm-hmm. which is about the time that we watched it. It would have been one of their U.S. Manga Core or U.S. Rendition releases. It, later, it got a dub. I never saw or knew that it ended up with a dub, but um, Manga Entertainment did a dub of it in 95. The OVA is loosely based, I emphasize that, on one of the chapters of the manga and centers around the journalist named uh, Sybil trying to save a young girl from a military murder bot. I am surprised that this is a thing, a chapter of a larger story, just a chapter, <laughs> right? Because uh, to, to its credit, the story it tells is complete. Like there's an actual art. Yeah, there's a beginning, there's an end and that's the end of it. So, or yeah, so we thought. I, I was surprised to hear that there was more. Which part are we looking at? Are we looking for the magic part, or are we actually just at the M66 part? So what's interesting is the manga is called Black Magic. The M66 was added for reasons unknown. Is that the arc M66? Or? <laughs> it's a great question. So what's, what's funny is, and I, I know Vic already noticed this too, but the M stands for Mario. So it's it's literally it's in the title, but it's also at the very end uh, of the film in the the final cut during the credits. It's, it's engraved on the the thing at the end. Mario. That's out of all weird. You could be Machiavellian. You could be Michael. <laughs> and that's you know, it could have been Murderbot. Seriously, I would have accepted Murderbot. That's that's all I kept calling it the whole thing. Oh, oh, don't worry. We're gonna, uh, we're definitely gonna uh, go ahead and do uh, another one of the the renaming. Oh yeah, I have one too. I have one too for this one actually. Okay. So yeah, we're, we're gonna get to there for sure. Uh, so this anime, it's, it's you know, like I said, it came out in '91. Uh, we were at the height of Streamline Pictures and US Renditions, kind of doing their uh, release the extreme. That brings back memories. Right. <laughs> They're releasing all their extreme stuff, mail order anime. That was the uh, the the time that this stuff dropped. I had to like find a catalog at the back of Heavy Metal magazine to order your anime from. And and this this sort of fits that motif, you know. It was simple, uh, short, concise. They were able to sell it easy. It had graphic violence in it. It had nudity in it. It was 
all the pieces of the recipe for anime that they were using at that time. Yeah, it, it starts out simple enough. Somebody fucks up. <laughs> Somebody fucked up. Is that always the way? Yeah, just like Maynox One, it's like the Japanese military can't hold on to their murder machines. Dude, I so that's a note I wrote, and it's it's further down the line, but absolutely, I'm like, this is another test program with you sent out your murder machine in scramble mode. That's basically Yeah. <laughs> it's the Already programmed to do its murdering. <laughs> Maddox one problem all over again. All we needed was Tank Guy to come back, and we would have had Maddox too. <laughs> it's, it starts out like that. What's What's funny about that scene at the very beginning is like it's kind of empty geistish, and that you don't know what the fuck's going on at the same time, right? Shit just starts blowing up. But I love this the moment. It's I don't I don't know why it happened. But the guy like grabs the other guy to stop him from making the mayday call, and then he like lifts his visor and stares at him like I will fucking kill you. <laughs> just gives him this angry why <laughs> and then down it goes <sighs> and then suddenly the military is missing two murder bots what okay so let's do this shit what happened how did we get to the point where the murder bots are i don't think they're psycho they're just following the program they're just following the programming yeah they were pre-programmed and this is i just you gotta admire the stupidity of this profound, this just profound stupidity of profound. the scientists who made this machine. They needed a target. They made a murder bot that's, you know, fully autonomous and right. they needed a target and to really test. mess up the military. So he chose his most beloved person in his life to be the target of these military murder bots for their tests. <laughs> he didn't make breakfast properly one day and he was just mad. Just did not <laughs> think it through at all. Is that when you know when the helicopter crashed, the little switch that went from "don't kill" to "murder" got yeah, flipped like accidentally? Yeah. Oops. I I feel like that there is a um, there's something going on in anime where they say a story or they say something, and we're supposed to oblig like oblige to accept that this was. Uh, he had the other choice. He had to make the. <laughs> <laughs> he had a program right. for daughter. No other options. Like he could, and I loved the way the military reacted to this. The the major guy, he hears that is pre-programmed with a target, and they're like, "All right, get all the diplomats on lockdown. Get all the um, get everyone out of here. Yeah, I just evacuate the Capitol building. Like just you know, just preparing for the worst. Oh, this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. <laughs> And then later on, and I know I'm jumping ahead more than we usually do, but later on they do this thing where, oh, where is it here? It's love the 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 grandfather, the scientist with his crazy goggles. He runs up to the major and he's like, "You're not waiting for it to kill my granddaughter, then emit the retrieval signal, are you?" And nobody says shit. It's like, nah, we're definitely not doing that. Now that we know that's a thing, <laughs> thing they didn't use. <laughs> Why would no, no, of course not. Oh shit. It's interesting to note that this is this manga, the, the this anime is based off of came out in like 83. So this predates Terminator, which is kind of cool when you think about the similarities there. So then when the anime came out, obviously the anime came out post-Terminator. Uh, but the story itself, the chapter would have been uh pre-Terminator. So kind of an interesting tidbit there, since people like to draw a lot of similarities to this in Terminator. 
which I get. I was about to do the same thing. Right. I yeah. Like- it predates Cameron by about a year. Yeah, so. and it started off as a Dojin, so it was like a self-published, yeah, you know, yeah. passed around a convention type thing. And of note, it was uh, Shiro's first work. Uh, he later gained notoriety for Ghost in the Shell and Appleseed, but this was his first work. So kind of just an interesting so, thing. All three. Appleseed, Ghost in the Shell, and Black Magic 66. And Dominion Tank Police was another one of his that was huge. So can we go ahead and admit that maybe he should not be involved with any technology? <laughs> he loves seeing go amok. Yeah, yeah. Like, if we need to find out, make sure he's not the Japanese Minister of Technology. <laughs> <laughs> the safety of all people. He needs to not be in charge of any oh, no, Every single thing he writes is actually his contingency plans. <laughs> If we have murder bots and they get loose, this is what we're going to do. If you, you know, if we got cybernetic brains, you know, this is what we should do. <laughs> if we got tank police, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> so the thing I, I love about Shiro's work in general is uh, how much work he puts into uh, his way that things like the military are shown off. Sort of like the same way that Michael Bay makes military porn in all of his movies. Like Shiro kind of does the same thing with tech. And especially military tech, like in Appleseed, Briarios, and like their whole all their unit, the way everything's like structure is kind of interesting. The the ship designs are kind of interesting. Like in this one, it was it was an interesting thing f- uh, just for me. We could have just had helicopters. But we didn't. We didn't have helicopters for military. We had these airships that have anchors. That they launch down to keep the ship like I guess in place so that they could do their drop. But they look like helicopters without the propeller blades. Right, it's just this weird sort of, I don't know, it's like he just does this like over, it's it's almost modified birds of prey. That's what I felt. Uh, it's like, yeah, that's they look totally like modified Klingon birds of prey. That's what it, I felt. It's like uh, it's almost steampunk in its over-engineered mm-hmm. like simplicity. It's like you, we have helicopters. They could absolutely VTOL with a helicopter or a Harrier, but no, no. We got an airship that needs a, a robotic anchor arm to keep a ship in place so the soldiers can drop because it looks cool. Hey, then you could jump out the side and not worry about getting your head chopped off by the propeller. I mean, I guess that's all I got. This is how we this is how, look. This is how we get here, and this is how we because the minister of technology. That one, <laughs> dude, that one dude that goes around says, "You know what? We could we should listen to him." No, 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 no. So the story is not even about the military. The story is is not even about the murder bots, really. The story is about this journalist girl who uh, leaves her house naked in the first six seconds. back to get her pants. And doesn't put them on. She just puts them on her shoulder right. and runs out. Um, I'm not going to bother to get dressed. I, I still I need to go. I'll do it. I'll do it in the elevator. <laughs> I have been looking around my neighbor trying to see if anybody does that. <laughs> Everybody has come out with their clothes all the way on, and, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's it was funny. I I, I laughed, um, but it was it's definitely one of those things. And uh, so this this uh, character whose name I it took me way too long to figure out what her name was. For all of my notes, I wrote uh, Private Vasquez because that's who she reminded me of from Aliens. Because she has the headband on. Civil. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Right. So civil. Later on, I found out her name was Sybil. <laughs> Look, so 
the funny thing, everyone else's name. The funny thing for me was that it said that she stumbles upon this happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just got like basically a police scanner kind of thing, and she's just like, "Oh, this sounds interesting." She didn't stumble. She went looking for this. <laughs> she was just waiting for the day because she knows that you know the Japanese military loses their tech all the time. That's right. She remembers the Maddox incident, so she sat there with her her little ham radio, listening to the. Then she takes her naked ass out there, and I, I do I do love. I did chuckle at the way that they had the scientist guy there, and when he sees too much, the the major just gives a look to the other soldier, and they like grab the guy, like, yeah, come over here, let's talk over here, act normal, I'm like, oh, fuck, <laughs> so dead, whacked him, never to be seen again. So, um, Private Vasquez and her cosplay, she shows up with her camera and she starts recording footage. I, I, uh. This is one of those anime, because a lot of anime from this era, is, I always say about, this is one of those anime that had, like, beautiful destruction, right? A lot of really well-animated murder. Um, <laughs> and I like the way that uh, the robots were very terrifying, the murder bots, in their sort of four-legged crawl. Like, all this stuff is all shit we've seen now, a hundred times. We've seen robots crawling around on all fours, humanoid, you know, that don't talk, Terminators, all the shit. But this would have been one of the earlier instances of that being a thing. Right. Sure. So definitely one of those anime that were that birthed a lot of those tropes. So it's, it's important to remember that when we were watching it, because it is, it is funny to watch it now and go, yeah, everybody does this. I go, well, yeah, but they did it first. So they did it pretty well too. It did. It was, it was pretty terrifying. Um, there's, there's nothing scarier than a robot exorcisting its way through killing people. <laughs> And I, I love the way that they tore through those two murder bots, tore through those military vehicles and shit. It was really cool. It was really well animated. Again, beautiful destruction. Horrible, but beautiful destruction. And then, last, you know, alas, the, uh, it, it, we find out that the murder bots have been targeting the uh, scientist's granddaughter. We don't find this out right away because they're not, they're not going to, they don't, you know, they're buried the lead there. They're going to let us work for it. And they finally reveal that it's his granddaughter that's the target. This moment had me. Ace Palm, pretty good. The airship goes to pick up the scientist and destroys the roof of his house. Yeah. And it's such a common occurrence that the granddaughter gets on the phone with the military. He's like, yo, y'all fucked up our house again. We need to fix the statue. as can be. And then they proceed to land the airship outside, which they could have done from the start. <laughs> no, no, they gotta blow the lid off of this can. Ding dong, like bell. No, right? no, there's no time for the doorbell. Just knock off the roof. <laughs> this is too important. Oh man, yeah, it's like I, one of those stupid soldier things broke the house again. I really wonder how much their military budget is. <laughs> Enough to build two murder bots and constantly replace a roof, right? <laughs> So yeah, you know, you're building a deadly Terminator. Always use your granddaughter as its test target. No biggie. And always build two. And, and always build two, because you need a pair. <laughs> yeah, and never ever use yourself, because, you know, if something happens, then you're dead. Right, you can't, you can't. So you gotta, you know, granddaughter makes perfect sense. Uh, so then, so this kind of brings me to a moment that I, I shared in the, the group chat for this episode, but I loved, I thought it was hilarious, and is they're sharing the newspaper with a picture of the grandfather in it, and everything on this paper is an advertisement for the Muppets. One way or the other. Every single paragraph. 
There's two headlines of nonsense, and everything else is something about the Muppets. And and you'll wince as he endures Fozzie Bear's comedy. I was rolling. I just I loved that. It was great. <laughs> so much. What was the other one? More entertaining than humanly possible. The frog. <laughs> another one is like meeting the glorious Miss Piggy. Like there's just all these little. Always read English. Any anime from the 80s and 90s, it is worth your time to stop and read the English. Like, yo, wins at Fozzie Bear's yeah. comedy monologue. I really think that that's something we should do. We should actually watch, make a uh, a guide to how to enjoy anime correctly. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like um, like when you're eating sushi. You know, don't forget to take the ginger and eat that so to cleanse your palate. I mean... <laughs> Well, here's the thing. A lot of this stuff we couldn't catch before because on VHS, you wouldn't notice this. Oh, absolutely. Even yeah. on DVD, it would have been hard to notice. Yeah, it's 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 great now. Uh, these high-definition rollouts are really, really bringing uh, the comedy A-game inadvertently. So the one thing that, uh, not one thing, there's plenty of it, word salad happening about halfway through. Apparently a spy caused the accident that released the M66 so obviously the spy knew about the robots because the spy caused the accident, but he caused the accident to inform his side about the M66 because it wouldn't have been easier for him to just like file a report with his side that they had murder bots in an email. Like it's going to, I don't know. So there was, like I said, there was a lot of back and forth there and it came out pretty quick. And I'm like, what are they doing here? And the problem is, you know, because Japanese is non-existent to most of us. I don't know if it's non-existent to all of us. We don't know if that was an accurate translation or not. For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> it could have just left... that they shoved in there so that right. you know, they have some plot. They're left at their whim. <laughs> Basically said, some words were spoken here. Taking <laughs> the face value. We could be right. We could be wrong. Important plot point. You fill in the details. Choose your own adventure. <laughs> Choose your own adventure. <laughs> Uh, you know, I've read a lot of nightmare stories about translators back then. So oh, yeah, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's challenging because it's not like they got the scripts. Remember, we we've you know talked about it before. A lot of times it was them translating based off of what they heard in the video themselves. They didn't have scripts to work with. So it's about this time in the anime that I found out that his granddaughter's name was Ferris. Yes, and so it's at this point that I propose uh, my alternate title for this to save Ferris. That's that is my 80s reference of the day for anyone who wants to catch it or or people, you know, who are familiar with uh, bands, say Ferris. That's what what is your what is your alternate take title for this one, Brian? Um, I'm actually no magic heroism. I don't know. <laughs> now, it, I know I, we, it's ahead. like Ferris versus Mario. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually torn on this one. I'm finding myself with just really just having the issue with the plot. I know that this is what they've chosen to do with the plot, and I don't know if there was any focus group or anything like that. <laughs> but basically, I don't believe that anything that happened here would have actually happened in real life. Oh, fuck no. Not a chance in hell. This was, again, we circle back to this was his first work. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And what, based on what we know about Japanese anime in the 80s, he was probably like seven when he started this anime. <laughs> so 
<laughs> when he started this manga. He would have so... been uh, <laughs> 223. <laughs> so <clears throat> I retract my story. I don't like that I was so easily entertained by nonsense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just got to shut the brain off and just enjoy the show. See, no, 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 because the problem is I'm, I'm having to ingest the, 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 the vocabulary and everything that's being said, you know, especially if I'm watching subtitles. You know, if I'm watching subtitles, I have to use brain power to process that. Wait a minute, did he say what? Did he say that I can't stop and go to the police because they wouldn't listen to me? So I'm just going to run from Stop, stop, I can't. <laughs> this... Just to jump to this scene, because I, I was I was like, what the fuck am I watching? So Vasquez, she like steals a jet, <laughs> steals One. a plane, is reading the manual while she's flying it. So she right, then proceeds to ditch the police. She outruns the police with the standard comedy trope of just parking, you know, in an alley. By landing in an alley, backing up and taking off again. <laughs> And a plane she just learned how to fly. It was the eighties, <laughs> and and like she doesn't have a gun. She doesn't have no type of military training, none at all. And what was her plan to stop the robots? Was she going to record them to death? <laughs> yes. Like what was she exactly? So to that note, I, I have an answer for you. It's not a real answer. It's my head cannon. One of the things is that it was very interesting about Shiro is uh, Shiro is able to imagine these worlds with advanced robotics, flying military airships, transferring consciousness to new things, like all this science fiction. He couldn't imagine a world where video cameras weren't the size of a human torso <laughs> and weighed as much. So she's carrying around this whole fucking movie. She's carrying around this giant-ass 1980s video camera to do all her recording. I am pretty sure she was going to bludgeon these robots to death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Their video camera. Because it's heavy enough. I mean, to be fair, I mean, you know, production, you know, pro cameras haven't really shrunk down in size until about 10 to 15 years back. Fair point. This motherfucker is supposed to be stuff like that. <laughs> we just had a conversation about the type of technology upgrade that we just did with the helicopter. Right. <laughs> You could not imagine a world where video capture was smaller than my son. <laughs> hey, this way, even back in the 80s, you know, all video displays and movies, even if it was a sci-fi futuristic show, they use CRTs. Oh, 100%. And even worse, they use the monochrome ones. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. If it was uh, anything, it, uh, even... Even uh, Bubblegum Crisis, the airships uh, that the you know the the police used had freaking like CRTs with you know the the green text right out. It was exactly. I mean, like Blade Runner. Yeah. Which you know we should be living in that time right now with flying cars and whatnot, but we still don't have those. I don't know why. Look, yeah. I'm, I'm, glad, look I'm, I'm glad we're not. I'm whatever. We're taking our time to get there. That is people drive with you know, on the ground. Imagine them in the air. No, yeah, mm -hmm. we just got electric cars. You know, look, I'm I'm I'm. Let's take this time. We have not proven that we're ready for this. Especially if after what this guy is saying is going to happen once we get to that point. Look, I can't wait for us. Once we get to that point, the military is going to lose something. Some kid is going to find it or it's designed to kill everything. Look, I think he's really just going through what is going to... What, what exactly is the right 
sequence of things to make this work. Like, all right, all right. So the first thing <laughs> I'm going to try, I'm going to have a reporter and killer robots, the military is going to lose it. Got it. Well, to be fair, like Rick mentioned before, it wasn't just one chapter. And then, what? Somebody already did something similar? What, they had a kid find a military project? No, 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 we can't scratch that. We gotta go something completely different. But equally as bad. (laughs) (laughs) Maddox is not the same guy, right? No, it's not. No, no, no. no, Maddox is uh, Shinji Aramaki of of Mospito fame. Uh, No, it's... uh, it's different. It's a whole different thing. Yeah, it's uh, this is. It's funny to think of this anime and know that it's Masamune Shiro, right? And then look at some of his other work. Something that is considered as as profound as Ghost in the Shell. You go. These are both the same dude. Mm-hmm. You know, something that mind fucks people about questioning their own reality, and then you've got murder bots chasing Ferris Bueller. Yep. Well, you got to start with crayons in some way. So. <laughs> I appreciate that analogy. It's very good. <laughs> you, know, you can't move to acrylics and all those fancy paints until you've at least mastered the crayon. You're not. You're. And we're not just talking about. Yeah, we're not talking about sixty-four count box. No, no, no. <laughs> Put your ass in eight. I want primary colors, bitch. <laughs> then we will work our way. And and again, in 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 uh, Shiro's defense in this matter, it, that was Shiro's first work. Is this? But then he followed it up with Appleseed, with Dominion Tank Police, with more like two more Appleseed sequels, and then he landed on Ghost in the Shell after you know a lot you know a lot more work. So he he definitely evolved as a storyteller, and you can definitely tell that this is his freshman year, so to speak. Um, he altered because- his perception. <laughs> Called the department in. Take care of that. <laughs> so yeah, so Vasquez loses the police with an airship she just learned to pilot. Uh, I love calling her Vasquez. You <laughs> because it's it's just it's so on point. So then the M sixty six while displaying no desire yeah, Mario dis, while displaying no desire to hide itself at all. This entire just mowing through military. Decides to throw on a cloak to hide itself amongst civilians and starts walking down the street. And I'm like, okay, so now it's decided it, that these people are clearly too dangerous and they need it needs to protect itself from shoppers. Oh, but by now, well, there were two. We're down to one now. Hey, maybe she's in the ghetto. Down to one. But then it sees a police airship and is like, you know what? Fuck this cloak. Laser eye. And it just starts going ham. Now, here's a question. The other robot, was that Mario 65 or 67? It's you know it's a, <laughs> it it was it was five it, I can say that I, th- I thought that uh, Ferris actually said uh, she gave hey, it a name it's like F zero M sixties F zero six something 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 and then the the previous model is F zero five something something so the boy was was the first model and then the 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 female that we followed through the end that's the second model robot it's the second murder bot clearly. Now- Airventing boobs was an upgrade. They they started off with clothes and then they lost their clothes and then they had. Mm-hmm. That is correct, right? You yep. are correct. They did start out yep. in in uniforms. The military burned them off. Yeah, or was it burned? That was bullets. Yeah, they got burned it off That's by bombs and stuff. Right, right, right. So you're saying the military stripped the robot naked? That's kind of messed yeah. up. 
so they they're so this is the thing that one thing that I never didn't figure out watching this was how did Vasquez figure out Ferris was the target when she was at the house? She got the she was seeing the video mail. Yeah, she saw a video the mail of her going. I am at the shopping mall, and then the house was decimated, and she just was like, "Ferris is the target." She just put two and two together. I'm guessing the manga probably had way more. I'm like, that was a logic leap. That was a big logic leap. <laughs> Again, this is when we come to my problem of what we're just supposed to accept that she was supposed to get there. That's how right. she got there. I believe that we have another show coming up where we're actually going to start doing. Here's everything was wrong with this. Uh, you're saying like cinema sins, right? Right, all time <laughs> listeners, cinema sins, shout out. Uh, <laughs> or we're going to say this was wrong, this anime, and I don't know. Yeah, I'm fine, I'm having a lot of problems with, with 90s anime and just in general. Just it, it, but this was not something that was just limited to, 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 to anime. G.I. Joe, if you go back and watch G.I. Joe, you're like, what? Mm, don't do it, man. Don't do it. You can't. You can't do it. You can't. Yeah. Uh, you just can't. Logic for these things. It's like going to watch a Marvel movie and try to figure out how it's like, this doesn't make any sense. No, you can't. You can't do it. It's, it's, this is, Victor is, I agree with Victor in this one. This is one of the anime that you go, all right, no brain for this one. Because if brain <laughs> turn on, movie fall apart. And it does. It really does. It does not hold up to scrutiny very well at all. It's, I like, I personally enjoy Masamune Shiro's art style. So I liked watching this because it's very present. Like his DNA is, is all over this. He's uh, more so than like Ghost in the Shell. Like Ghost in the Shell felt visually less Shiro than this does. So I enjoy it for that. But yeah, plot wise, it, it's, it's, uh, super thin it's rice paper thin yeah this is like young shiro <laughs> for sure this is this at this point in the anime they bring out uh a character who i was really it was very fun i had a little bit of fun with and it's paco <laughs> what a great fucking name for a <laughs> paco take these people so uh and, paco... and they sound like a slowpoke rodriguez i haven't expected it to be a Oh shit! So anyway, so Paco is helping uh, Ferris and and Vasquez escape uh, the murder bot Mario, and uh, they they end up having to scale an elevator shaft, right? And then this part it made me chuckle. There's two soldiers up there, and they're preparing their trap for the murder bot, and they hear bang on the elevator, and it's like, open up, it's Paco, and they just instinctively kick their gravity mind towards the elevator door. Like, oh shit, this could actually be the murder bot who's displayed no ability to speak at all this entire time, but could suddenly know how to sound exactly like our friend Paco. Let's put this explosive mind device right by the door before we let him in. And then of course you open the door and it's just Paco. It was just this funny, like sort of moment where they, they just decided to animate that in. Like they're just going to be extra careful and put this thing in front of the door as he walks in also stick their head in the elevator shaft too so yeah. it's like they put the donut in and then they're just like i think it's safe stick <laughs> right, my head in this door it's, it's, yeah, it's gonna fine. be fine it's gonna be great this we've established earlier through this anime that these things have fucking laser eyes right yes it could have ended the story 30 minutes sooner yes laser eyes like a son bitch asquez shows up at the restaurant to save ferris 
and the murder bot's just standing there staring at him, right? And then gives them time to leave, and then lasers everywhere, like does the laser thing. And I'm like, oh, shit, laser eyes, I gotta wait. You know, you give them the benefit of the doubt there. Then it comes this climactic, very well-animated moment where they're in the elevator with the murder bot, and they've got this little gravity right. donut. And and all that they're doing is she's staying, Vasquez is staying between the murder bot and Ferris keep the murder bot back with this little gravity donut and the whole time i'm going laser eye like just mm-hmm. laser eye yes why haven't you laser eyed you laser eyed the whole restaurant but you have not laser eyed this girl who is five feet in front of you laser eyed half the military right laser eyes fucking every laser eyes the the ropes that held her down laser everything is not laser i'm like what the fuck at that point i thought oh well maybe the robot's protocol isn't to kill the girl it's just to get to her you know what I mean? Like tag. <laughs> I agree. Right. That's like I thought maybe that's how they were going to play it. Like it was to reach the target, not to kill the target kind of thing. That's totally not how they played it. They wanted this to be like an intense, this robot is definitely a murder bot's going to kill the guy's granddaughter thing. Failed to do so with its most powerful weapon. I was very upset. Completely missed that. It's a very dramatic scene. I give them credit. It's so well animated, the way that they're pivoting around this room and she's got the little gravity donut thing. And I'm like, God damn, this is really cool. But I couldn't stop thinking laser eye. You've been well, using... She could have just self-destructed and launched all the darts in every direction, just shredding the entire elevator. Right, the scatter, the scatter armor thing. I'm like, it's just, yeah. So I was, I was kind of bummed out by that part. Now that's the thing that should never have been a thing. Absolutely, should not no, have. No, no, the scatter armor. Yeah, that should not have been a thing. That. that... <laughs> you mean, you mean. Uh, humanitarian wise or just like technology wise or just why why wasn't why shouldn't it have been a thing expand i'm saying that the guy created it and he everything that that, that robot has somebody of a human had to make it. <laughs> right right somebody said you know what we're also gonna add this and we're gonna add the whipping knives and we're gonna add this we're gonna make it super strong yeah super uh, strong Laser eyes. Super strong, laser eyes, uh, 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 kung fu, because they do this like leg shimmy thing where they like, grab the yeah. kung fu, laser eyes, razor sharp claws, uh, fully quadrupedal if it needs to be, can fucking pivot its head 360 degrees, all of this shit. And you know what? Yeah. Let's test it out on my granddaughter. And, and you know what? We need to put a fail safe. I saw this one thing, uh, it'll call the guys. And what they did was when it pressed the button, everything was destroyed. So can we incorporate that into this bot? We can. The first guy that was putting that together, you know, on, you know, <laughs> on M01. And it's like, oh, failed. Okay, hired a new guy. Okay, he's assembling M02. Fail. <laughs> here's, here's the thing. All you had to do is touch this, right? <laughs> touch the forehead to put this bot down. Not one member of the military could get a headshot. Just throw a rock. Well, it was after they started the programming sequence, and when they plugged that thing in the back of its head, it was after they did that. Then they need after that they needed to push the button. Okay, all right, all right. So it wasn't like the whole anime. All they had to do was hit it in the forehead. Oh, thank God. (laughs) No, no. After they plugged in, it's like okay to finish this. Hit the button, and it's like oh, we're all dead. The building is falling down. They have rocks. I don't know why (laughs) someone didn't try to. Dude, beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, chaos. that building. Yeah, that building. That was wonderful. That building coming down was was animated porn. It was so glorious. It's like, animated porn, but I, I really it 
I, I thought this is shoddy craftsmanship right here. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> one laser eyes and half the building falls. What the <laughs> shit is this? I, I want somebody's head. I did also really like how they weren't afraid to show the robots weight. Oh yeah, I thought that was cool. Like when the robots stepping on anything, like the metal stairs, which are clearly not like very reinforced, and they're just like bending under the weight of the robot. That kind of shit was cool. Or in the beginning, when the one just fell through the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just that those little extra flourishes. Yeah, mm -hmm. I loved that. I loved that shit. That's what I said. There's like, there is a lot here to enjoy, as long as it's not the plot. <laughs> the plot falls thin very, very quickly. So it was like, honest to God, it was at this point that the robots like going up the metal stairs, and she introduces herself to Ferris that I finally. Finally clicked that the main character's name was Sybil. Uh, so yeah, it took me the whole damn anime to, to get her name. She probably said it at the beginning, did not register. And then it was this thing that I, I so I appreciated it, but then they didn't they didn't follow it up. And it's this moment where the majors in in the vehicle with uh, I'm guessing one of his you know one of his soldiers, and he talks about the fact that he lost 18 men in this. 18 soldiers died during this whole debacle because somebody fucked up and i thought oh this is great this is a really good moment to talk about the cost of this in human life and i thought wow you know this is and they did not stay there he's upset about it and then his general next to him's like let's go get a drink i'm like yes alcoholism is definitely the answer to you having just lost 18 soldiers it was the 80s you deal with depression and booze <laughs> But it, it, it was an opportunity they could have taken to, to because it is something that's never really addressed in any anime, is no. the, the cost in human life of something like this happening. How many people probably died in Maddox 1? A few, more than a few. We definitely know one person did. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's, it, it was a moment for them to do something to elevate this. And and they kind of missed it, which is too bad. But it was it interesting. Added to the runtime, yeah, right? Couldn't get to squeeze it into an OAV. I don't know. Go, somebody else go. I have a, yeah, I have a question. Yeah, so I have I have a question. Go ahead, please. How is it that Sybil, who was surprised at how to work a gun, knew how to work the complex bomb system like it was nothing? She just that was the part that confused me. I was like. She scared herself when she shot the gun because you saw her. She went, "Oh, yeah, oh, 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 this this thing is not a camera. <laughs> I don't understand." But then she was able to. <laughs> yeah, it cranked on a motorcycle and had it like fall apart on her as yeah. she was leaving. The whole thing just like the girl, she wasn't a reporter so much as she was like human chaos. Mm -hmm. Like everything that she did ended up fucked, but she somehow managed. You're right. She somehow managed to figure out. The obviously extremely simple uh, arming systems for the for the bombs. It was it was very interesting. I agree. Uh, plot armor, I guess, is the best way we can describe it. Curious how a single pebble, you know, stopped the bomb from going off. Yeah. I can answer that. That's absolutely common military engineering. <laughs> no, about maybe Japanese <laughs> army, but you leave the Japanese <laughs> army out of your mouth. <laughs> America. So yeah, I mean, overall, I, I, it was a uh, it was an entertaining time. Like I was entertained, but I, I did 
did fall out of the story a lot. Like there's some, there's sometimes where I watch an anime and I'm completely engrossed in it and, and I just don't want to stop watching it. I want more of it or whatever. And then this one reading that there was more of it made me go, ugh, this is just one chapter of like a bigger thing. Ugh. You just need a book of the collected artwork and just call it a day. He wasn't ready to keep going down that. Like it's like it was almost like he's a. If you like this one, I got a whole lot more waiting for you. Just, just, just give me a chance. I'll show you. This, this is not even my best hit. It's a lot of it's. You know what? What it is, and it's it's the same thing that's pissed me off about anime. A lot of the anime that we watch from these era is that all it ever is is a fucking teaser trailer to go buy the manga. All of it. Right? Like every single one of these things. And it, that hasn't stopped. They're still doing that. They're still making anime that are basically fucking teaser trailers to go buy manga. Like, uh, uh, was this one I watched recently? It's totally not in our wheelhouse to review, but it was Burn the Witch. Yes. Three episodes that tell no fucking cohesion of a story. And I'm supposed to want to go buy the books now? I'm like, sorry, guys, you dropped the ball there. And another one that did it was, but this was a couple years back, was Alice in Borderland. The series on Netflix is odd, fucking amazing. But there's a three episode arc of an anime that they did. That's it? Like, if I would have seen this first, I would have never, ever followed this story ever again because it was, it was not, no way to end it. Like, they're just, here's three, three random episodes that are clearly a teaser to go buy a manga or read something. Or do, it's, I hate that shit. Drives me crazy. Passion. Give me a fucking story. Or just don't bother. So anyway, this was a lot of anime in the 80s was like that. Even Battle Angel, he openly admitted this was just supposed to be a teaser to get you to read the books, right? Uh, it's the same thing with this. And it's the same thing with a lot of anime. So that constantly frustrates me. Well, I agree with that statement. <laughs> it is frustrating. I don't think I've ever committed to watch manga or to read manga based on anything. Um... Like, ain't no one got time for that. Right, 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 right. And the book's backwards. What are you going to do? No, no, no. Especially when you take into account the length of some manga. Right, so to take to take into account uh, the example I used earlier, just a moment ago, Alice in Borderland. Uh, the anime shit. The anime's three episodes. Yes, it captures the manga very well for those three episodes, but that's all you fucking get. You don't get the story. You don't get to get to the end of the story. You do get the television series now, and the television series is amazing, and if you watch that, you're all the better for it. But if you had just watched the anime, you would have been sorely disappointed because all they gave you were three episodes. This was a far larger manga series, like 14 volumes, probably more. And they gave you, like, one part of the first volume. Very frustrating. Um, so basically, it's what we're saying, this is like, hey, we're going to give you one part of Lord of the Rings. Right. Not even, the whole, not even the whole thing. We're actually just going to give you the part when they are uh, going down to go see the Balrog. Yeah, now now go buy the books. Now go buy the books. <laughs> right. It's maddening to me. And I love I love anime. That's why I wanted to do this show with you guys to, to appreciate it. And I appreciate animation for what it is. But I I really getting more and more frustrated with these these commercials is basically what these are. These glorified commercials. If somebody managed to throw a budget at it and give you a commercial. That's whatever, neither here nor there. But now imagine a manga series that's even longer. Imagine if if 
one piece was like three episodes and they expect you to go out and start reading all that oh. right or or naruto which is run for like fucking ever right it's none of this like it at the very least those thank god those got full story arcs and full seasons and full things but there's a lot of other manga out there that isn't that they're getting these these little one shots and yeah. it's really frustrating it's yeah. like their tester anime yeah it, yeah like you're they right put it right. out and they're like Will they like this? Oh, nobody likes it. Let's just skip over. Like, I don't mind if it's like a complete story and whatnot, but yeah, if it's like Burn the Witch or a few others where it's like you get a tease of the story and it's like, th- that's all you get. You just get right. the tease. Because yes, I was frustrated by Burn the Witch as well. I was. <laughs> it was really, it, the artwork looked really good. I liked the character designs. The whole concept was very striking. And then I, I it was just it. A, it was literally just a tease. Yeah, I was very pissed a off. Theatrical and- tease at that because I think it was released theatrically as one movie. Fuck that noise. So, <laughs> at the very least, I can give Black Magic to circle back to the subject of this actual podcast episode. I can give Black Magic M sixty six this. It told a story. I can't say there was character development because it really wasn't, but it did tell a story. Right? It, yeah, it, it was, did. Yeah, it was, a, it was essentially its own self contained arc. Right. So, be that as it may, yes, it was a, probably more just a preview for rest of the manga series but the chapter they chose to do this story on they they closed it out so respect for that uh not a lot of anime did that so for that i i guess i'll rope that into my final thoughts is that it's for what it is telling a a piece of a story uh almost as an advert advertisement for a larger story they didn't sell that part of it they gave you a piece of animation that was very well done at uh visually well very well done it told a story that had a beginning it had a middle it had an ending and if that was all you ever saw of black magic m66 like i did then that would have been fine and for that i give them credit it delivered a product it was exactly what i thought it was you know what i mean like, they the promise that was made was delivered here's an action story about murder bots chasing a girl boom did i enjoy it actually yeah I, I I did. I it wasn't. I didn't hate it. I, I I was engaged enough to enjoy it, even if it even if it was only to make fun of some of it. I still had a good time with it. Like, yeah, this you were is, entertained. Yeah, I was entertained. This is by and large a million miles better than that butt punisher shit we had to watch. <laughs> so I still so, apologize for bringing up the second episode existing. <laughs> so anybody listening. This my final thought is is I don't necessarily know that it holds up, but it, it might you know if you're interested in in Masamune Shiro's early years, maybe how he started as an artist and a storyteller, it's a really good it's a really good way to look at that, I guess. Um, and if you just really like his art style, it's all over this. It's so for that that's I'm gonna go with that, and I'll hand it over to somebody else. Uh, Brian, what do you think? So I actually have two ways they could have fixed it. Right. The first thing you could have did, especially since you know that it's much part of bigger arc, is kind of like a Tales from the Crypt type thing, where you had the Crypt Keeper, and it could have been some type of uh, AI or something talking about these are their stories, you know? You know what I mean? And then you go into, this is something that could happen. I believe that, especially when you hear that he's doing Ghost in the Shell, He's doing Appleseed. He's doing this one. That's kind of what he needs. If he's trying to make an anthology series, then 
link them together. That way, even if you make one whole series or one whole, how each episode is one whole story, you can link them all together and then drive more people to it. Oh, you seen episode M66? What about Q49? That one was a good one as well. You know, so that's one way they could have fixed it. Um, as for me, if you turn off the subtitles and turn off the 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 mute the words and just let it go silently, you'll be entertained because the art is phenomenal enough that you can see what the story they were trying to go to. But the minute you try to put logic to what they're saying. It, it, it ruins it completely for me. So yeah. <clears throat> yeah, this this is ripe for an MST3K kind of thing. Like they could really have fun with this one. Lynette, what do you what do you think about M sixty six? Before you, you answer, had you ever seen it before this? No. Never saw it before. All right. So with fresh um, eyes, what do you yeah. think about Black Magic Mario sixty six? Well, as soon as I saw the Mario, I was like, oh, is this going to be a Maddox? Is this going to be a Maddox thing or or something like that, you know, where some some little college kid finds these two things and makes friends and <laughs> destroys the city. But um I thought it was pretty cool. The art was beautiful. Just seeing how the robots moved, seeing how the cars crushed. I mean, like I said, the part that I loved is when the guys just fell. And you could see the car just cave in. And you know that, like, a body fell through it. So I thought that was good. I liked watching it. Um, I agree with Brian. As soon as they speak, you're like, hmm, I don't know if I should trust this uh, Sybil, who has a friend named Leaky. And uh... <laughs> Richard Leaky, thank you. <laughs> right, let's not bury that one. <laughs> no, so it's it kind of weird. Yeah, it was just, if you listen to the words, like Brian said, you get confused. I felt like with Sybil, sometimes it was just a comedy of errors. She's driving around. She goes through, sits down on the couch. Couch breaks. I mean, because, you know, the house is totally destroyed. You can sit on a couch. It's no take problem. a minute. Yeah, she needed to take a beat. <laughs> you know, and then there's a hole in the wall, and she goes through the door. I, I just... <laughs> That's right. That's right. She does. She goes out the door, out the hole, comes back in, and then leaves through the door the second time. Yes, exactly. And then she runs into the mailbox. She runs into the mailbox, kicks the mailbox, and then hurts herself even more. So I felt like I didn't know if she was the hero or if she was just one of those people that was accidentally there and basically was like, I guess I can do something. I don't know what I can do. I destroy technology. But, you know, it's cool. Maybe she's got that superpower. Yeah, you know. Learn tech easily. Yeah, like so, <laughs> so I I enjoyed it for that, just watching it. But yeah, every once in a while, the stuff that they said, I'd be like, it doesn't mesh. Okay, I'm gonna skip that. I'm gonna pretend they didn't say that, and then just keep watching. Yeah, I agree. I feel like that's the strongest way to watch this. <laughs> but you know, we'll we'll uh, round this out, Vic. I know you saw Black Magic M sixty six back when we did in the nineties. So how did it hold up for you? So first things first, I would just want to bring up the, uh, you know, the lime green appleseed shirt she was wearing at the end. Yeah, a little product placement. <laughs> it's like uh, a little uh, foreshadowing there. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Now, as far as the translation goes, I don't know if it was an accurate translation. I don't know if it was 
like what was common back then where the translation was just done in a way so it sounds cool to a bunch of, you know, 14, 15 year old Americans. Um, so I'm, I can't comment on the translation, but as far as this, the, the OAV itself, I enjoyed it. And plus, I also know better not to, uh, not like anything from Shiro because, you know, last thing I need is for my tech to go haywire and try to kill me. <laughs> your, your echoes, your echo sprouts legs and, and laser eyes. <laughs> I mean, hey, if you ever ask your echo, you know, are you plotting to kill me? Mine will not answer me ever. It'll answer my coworkers. No, we would never do such a thing. Blah 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 blah. Everyone else, for me, it never answers. So it's like, I know better. <laughs> yeah, it's already secretly plotting your demise, my friend. I'm sorry. Because one of yeah, the first that I thoroughly really enjoyed. I like the art style. I mean, again, it was an early Shiro, and you could easily tell it was a Shiro. Yeah. And this stuff has just gotten better since. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'll wrap this up with a couple interesting tidbits. Uh, apparently, this, as I told you, this was Shiro's first work, but. This is also the only anime adaptation that he ever had direct involvement in. Uh, he served as a screenplay writer and storyboard artist for this anime. So this is like the only one his DNA is actually a part of. Like everything else is production houses. Um, the fact that the M stands for Mario, I could not find why? a reason why at all. I tried. Nobody seems to know why Mario. So I think, and this is just me hypothesizing, because this this film unintentionally features several references to pop culture from the era, right? So Mario, who would have been infamous by that time in 1983 when the manga was printed because of the Mario Brothers games and Donkey Kong, you know, had taken over arcades by storm. That's what that is. The character Sybil, that was a huge, you know, like movie that had come out not a couple years prior to that character named Sybil. Ferris was totally unintentional because this came out, the manga was 83. And and Ferris Bueller's day off wasn't until 86, but I'm still giving it a win. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the M66 clearly being a Terminator uh, before Terminators were a thing. So it's kind of like this interesting, it dropped at this very interesting part where to Western audiences, there's all these little 80s Easter eggs that were completely unintentional, yet still kind of landed. Yeah, so that was kind of funny. Anyway, uh, I, you know, it's a little short for us. I think this episode, maybe I don't know, but uh, that's going to be our show today. So um, until next time, keep calm and wince at the comedy of Fozzie Bear. You've just been privy to the mindless midlife musings of the anime nerd presented by Geek Grotto. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Geek Grotto. For show notes and corrections or for general geeky fun, you can visit our website at geek-grotto.com. If you would like to sponsor the show, you can do so on the podcast's Red Circle host site, redcircle.com slash shows slash M-M-M-A-N. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcast app, please like, follow, and subscribe.